Blog Talk Radio. my show is Who or What is the Holy Spirit? And I think of the Holy Spirit as the heartbeat of God. I've been thinking about doing this uh, show now for about a year. Uh, because Because about just a year ago, I started taking some classes with uh, Deborah Hookie, who describes herself as a classical medium in the historic sense. And Deborah is going to have her own show uh, here on Blog Talk Radio starting next month. And you can look her up. Um, Her name is Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, and her last name is Hookie, H-O-O-K-E-Y. And so on the show today, on my show today, I want to discuss some aspects of what I have called in my religious past the Holy Spirit. And I would like to um, share with you now uh, how I see uh, the work of the Holy Spirit today in light of my experiences uh, while I was taking Deborah's classes. Okay, now if you want to go into into history, <laughs> there is a curious story in the Old Testament about a time in uh, King Saul's life when he went to a woman which the Bible says had a familiar spirit who lived in Endor. Many texts today call her the witch of Endor. But the story is that Paul asked her to raise the spirit of the deceased prophet Samuel, because Samuel had been God's appointed prophet to King Saul during his reign, but now Saul has been dethroned and God has had Samuel appoint David to be the new king of Israel, which he did before he died. Well, so Saul went to the woman in Endor to see if uh, if he entered into a battle with the Philistines, would he win the battle, or was the power of God now only with David? Now, during the time of Saul's reign as king of Israel, the prophet Samuel did serve the king as the voice of God to him, because prophets were recognized as being the voice of God to the children of Israel. And the prophets would set forth prophecies, which usually were warnings to the people, that if they continued to do this and that, uh, what they were doing, that this and that would happen. 
And all prophecies were then and still are today conditional. And they will not happen if the people change their ways. And this has always been true. And if you listen to the soothsayers of today who are telling you that this and that is going to happen, just let me tell you, they don't know because everything depends upon what we do. Because if we change even one little thing in our life, it changes everything. All the prophecies, all the actions, everything. Because we are the ones who declare what is going to happen. So don't listen to them. Make up your own mind about what you want to happen. (laughs) Now, the word that is used for the term familiar spirit in the Hebrew is a variation of the word uh, that is uh, mostly translated father in uh, the Old and the New uh, in the Old Testament or prime you know, first cause, principal, principal, or chief. So when Jesus used uh, would say, you know, my father which is in heaven, that's who he's, that's, he's doing that in the Hebrew sense of it, like the prime, the chief, the principal, the, uh, the only one. <laughs> And so the Hebrew idea of a familiar spirit then would be someone who could represent that they are speaking a principle from the source, which which Jesus did call his father, which is in heaven. But perhaps the person is not considered a true stream of spirit and could be speaking jibber-jabber or meaningless and nonsensical mutterings. You know what this but this reminds me of a scene from the Big Bang Theory between Penny and Sheldon <laughs> because Penny calls Sheldon's expressions all that jibber jabber you talk <laughs> because to her it is meaningless and nonsensical mutter mutterings. But to Leonard and Sheldon's other PhD friends, it's highbrow scientific data. So in the first place, what type of communication it is, is in the judgment of the hearer. Jibber-jabber or momentous scientific conclusions gathered from intense and dedicated research into the mystical. So once again, we are the ultimate one who decides. Is it jibber-jabber to you, or is it a momentous scientific conclusion? Well, for me, the dire warning of the prophets in the Old Testament that God did not want the children of Israel to consult with people that had familiar spirits was rooted in the absolute dictation of Yahweh, who was the God of the children of Israel. And he took his job of securing the bloodline of Jesus very, very, very seriously. And he didn't want the children of Israel to be exposed to any other ways of thinking other than his specific rules and regulations, including the Ten Commandments. And my 
warning today to you to not listen to the so-called prophets of gloom and doom are also rooted in the truth that Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us and that everything that he did, we can do. So my admonition to you is to get going. (laughs) Jesus isn't coming again to bring the kingdom of God onto the earth because the kingdom of God is inside of us. So it's up to us to begin to bring the kingdom of God out onto that part of the earth where we are standing. (laughs) And the kingdom of God manifests as health and wealth, which makes you happy. So the more you're healthy and the richer you get, the more you are bringing the kingdom of God on the earth and the happier you will be. Well, the Jews were among the first to declare a monotheistic system of religion. And monotheism is often touted as the highest form of religious belief that can be held by humanity. But for the Jewish people, the original intent of monotheism was to harmonize and amalgamize them as the instrument who would bring forth Jesus. But the idea of one true God, who is the creator of the world, although having been a powerful force in the development of the nations of the world since Jesus came to earth and as a result of his visit, the Catholic and eventually the Christian religions were started so that now nearly 32% of the world's population say they are Christian. Islam is next with 23%. 16% are unaffiliated and 15% are Hindu And the small rest are just a smattering of all kinds of different things. But sadly, in many cases, the desire to assert the dominion of this one true God has led to violence and wars and deaths and killings. And we're seeing this demonstrated today in the current current situation with ISIS as Islam and Christianity both say their God is the one true God, and the other one has to be stomped out. But let me just introduce an idea here. In the Jewish faith, there are really many levels of God, and the Jews had different names for all of the different manifestations of God. Yahweh is the God of Israel, but he reported reports to El Elyon, who is the Most High God. And another name they have is El Shaddai, uh, sometimes called the Many-Breasted One, which allows for the feminine, the nurturer, and the caregiving side of the One True God to be recognized. However, the more common translation of El Shaddai is God Almighty, the Most Powerful One. And I really like this definition because it is my idea that the divine feminine is the most powerful one. But this aspect of the one true God has been ununderstood so far within all the religious structures of the earth, except perhaps for the Hindu, because of the Jewish ideas that prevailed in the early Christian church. And those Jewish ideas were under the tutelage of Yahweh, not El Elyon. However, it was El Elyon who said, let us create man in our image. And this plurality of the one true God, let us create man in our image, 
this plurality of the one true God that made man was male and female. And man has always been male and female from the very beginning. But when Yahweh took up the job of preparing the bloodline through the children of Israel to bring forth Jesus, things got really patriarchal, and sadly they still are. So back to our story about Saul. For him to go to a woman to see if she could call forth Samuel from the dead so Saul could talk to Samuel was indeed a grave departure from the dictates of Yahweh. And Saul did reap the consequences of this, being wounded in the battle, and to save face, he fell on his own sword and died. Now, this woman who King Saul visited would be considered a medium in the classical sense, which is what Deborah Hookie says she is, a medium in the classical sense. So, of course, when I was practicing the religion of Pentecostal Christianity, I would have never gone to see her, let alone take classes with her. (laughs) This would have been a huge no-no for me in the past because I had a very classical idea of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So it was very interesting to me to learn that the word in the Hebrew for spirit is father or prime or chief or principal, because then that makes God the Father and God the Spirit the same thing. To me, they are the divine masculine and the divine feminine, and God the Son is the whole creation, you and me. So we're all just one great big thing. (laughs) So now in thinking about what is the one true God, I now look at God as the principal and chief cause of everything. And as the creation, we are the principal and the chief cause of everything in our life. God is the male and female energy of everything. Now, the natural state of everything, which we call matter, is motion. Motion indicates movement. Movement is energy in motion. Even energy at rest is, is, is in motion. And I think the Jews had an easier way to think about God by having so many different names for God. Not in the sense of there being many gods, but there being the sense of God manifesting in many different ways. So with this broader understanding, I signed up to take Deborah's Spiritual Guides class. Now in this class, we learned who our own personal guides are from the divine masculine and the divine feminine energy of God. And she teaches that when we incarnate, we have a group of spiritual beings assigned to us, just to us. Each of us has our own individual group that's assigned just to us. Isn't that wonderful? 
so instead of thinking in terms of me being down here all by myself and God being so big and having everybody to take care of, maybe he has time for me and maybe he doesn't, which made me feel much more insignificant in the whole scheme of things. Well, now I have this sense of having this entire group of spiritual workers who are just to help me. They're teachers and angels and archangels and masters and protectors and healers, and they just perform a whole host of different kinds of functions. I mean, Deborah says we each have our own chemist. The chemist is in charge of all of the cells of our body, helping them to work perfectly. We can call upon the chemist to help get a cell uh, healed. And we have a joy guide. (laughs) I love that. A joy guide who helps us to see the beauty and the glory of our natural world. The joy guide can amplify an experience for us so that we can carry the joy of it for a longer period of time. And we have protector guides. I've seen these guides. They are huge. And they can shapeshift. And they can put their shape on us like a costume so that we appear as something different to whomever might be looking at us. It's a great protection. We have a guardian angel. And just like Jesus, if we need it, we can call for a legion of angels to come and do something for us. A legion is 144,000 angels. (laughs) And one of my teacher guides helps me do this radio show. feel her right over my shoulder while I am preparing my scripts. And I can ask her how to say it so it's more understandable. And there are controllers and instigators and initiators and finishers. Every aspect of human life is being watched over and assisted by this enormous cosmic hierarchy of spiritual workers, making sure that all is well. Haven't you ever wondered how God keeps track of the number of hairs on your head? (laughs) Someone's assigned to do that for you. And all of these guys are listening to what we say all the time and making it come to pass. So watch out what you say. Because remember, they are in the energy of unconditional love. They are totally neutral. They have no concept of right or wrong. They just watch and listen and then create all of the processes that are needed for us to have what we think we want. (laughs) I mean, and this is sometimes why we get something sometimes that we think we want, (laughs) and then we find out that we really didn't like it at all. But because that's all part of our experience as a human. And the more we experience, the more we know that we know that we know And then that's when our life begins to be pretty good and better and better. And it's just been wonderful for me to have this larger picture of the Holy Spirit. And every day I am more aware of another one of my special spiritual workers who is assigned to me 
and has done something special for me this day. Now, once a month, Deborah also has a meeting where she will have a message from a deceased loved one for for everyone who comes. And it's been through these monthly meetings that I have gotten to know my real father. I didn't have any connection to him beyond the age of about four or five years old, and I don't have any memory of being with him before that. And he's passed now. So I've gotten to know him through Deborah's messages from him. And if you have not had a relationship with either your mother or your father for whatever reason, through a psychic medium who can communicate with the dead, you can get to know them. And he explained to me why he just couldn't live with my mother. (laughs) And because I had a tempestuous relationship with her myself, you know what? I could really understand. I believe, however, that I was supposed to have her for my mother, and I believe I was supposed to have that father, and because each of them contributed to me being me and gave me the tools and the abilities that I needed to do what I have done and what I am now doing in this lifetime. You know, it's so valuable to learn that you're not a mistake or that you... Uh, are not hindered in some way from being or doing what you're supposed to do? Because no one is a mistake, and there is nothing standing in the way of you being who you really are and doing what you are supposed to do. Now, the next class I took from Deborah Hookie was her psychic development class. Now, from my classical position as a Pentecostal Christian, I did have a head start over some of the other people in the class. Because as a Pentecostal Christian, I had been taught that the Holy Spirit manifested in my ability to speak in tongues and that the Holy Spirit also manifested in eight other gifts as well, which are the interpretation of tongues, prophecy, word of wisdom, Word of Knowledge, Miracles, Faith, Gifts of Healing, and Discerning of Spirits. And in Corinthians, Paul talks about this because he said he didn't want them to be ignorant about it. But there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, But it is the same God which worketh all in all. And the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. So there it is. It's been in the Bible all along. And what I learned in Deborah's classes, Paul had taught to the Corinthians nearly 2,000 years ago. And it's so sad to me that the organized church doesn't teach their people the truth. There is so much more to being a Christian than sitting on the pew waiting to die so that you can go to heaven. Well, in taking Deborah's classes, my understanding of the different administrations of the cosmic hierarchy, my understanding of the diversities of their operations was increased. And then I then applied this to what Paul said next, and the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. <laughs> So all of you who are listening, 
all of the operations and the administrations of the Holy Spirit are for you, too. And here is uh, is what I learned. <laughs> One operation and diversity of operation is clairvoyance. This is the ability to see anything that is not physically present, such as objects or animals or people. This sight occurs in the mind's eye. Some mediums say that this is their normal vision state, and others say they train their minds with practices as meditation in order to achieve the ability, and that assistance from spiritual helpers is often necessary. We did practice this in the classes. We would practice the ability to see in our mind's eye. Uh, Some clairvoyant mediums can see a spirit as though the spirit has a physical body. They see the bodily form as if it were physically present. And in my case, I do see a bodily form. I actually see it uh, in my mind's eye, but I see a bodily form. Now, the next one is clairaudience or clear hearing. And this is defined as the ability to hear the voices or thoughts of spirits. Uh, Some mediums hear as though they are listening to a person talking to them on the outside of their head. And other uh, mediums hear the voices in their minds as a verbal thought. In my case, I hear like I am listening to a person talking to me. I mean, I actually hear... Uh, my teacher, helper, um, speak and tell me sometimes how to um, do my script on my radio show. I actually hear hear her. Okay, the next one is clairsentience or clear sensing. It's the ability to have an impression of what a spirit wants to communicate to feel sensations instilled by a spirit. And I now can sense when a member of the cosmic hierarchy wants to tell me something. Because, see, this isn't always just from the dead. In fact, my psychic development has been uh, not directed towards communicating with the dead. My psychic development has been uh, towards the uh, communication with the ascended masters, with angels, archangels, with masters, uh, and teachers, um, Jesus, Mother Mary. Um, I have, um, and one of my guides is Lady Nada. She was a an attorney uh, in her uh, physical life, uh, and she serves now on uh, in the Galactic Council. And uh, I wish, uh, and on another show, sometimes, uh, sometime I'll tell you some of the ways she has intervened in situations and um, really brought justice. So um, I, I am much more aware now when a member of the cosmic hier- hierarchy wants to tell me something. <laughs> okay, then clairsentience is a clear feeling is uh, when a medium can know about the ailments or other physical problems a person might have. And this can be, um, they can know why they died or how they died, or uh, this can be done also um, while people are still alive. These people are sometimes called empaths. They're spiritual healers, 
um, they can actually do surgery in the body by just moving the, you know, we're just energy. We're we're a bundle of energy in a skin suit, and they can actually uh, go into the body and and fix things. It's a spiritual type of um, surgery, or they can use Reiki or other mod- modalities for the initial contact with the patient. There are uh, sound healings. Um, I actually took those classes of um, how sound, I mean, everything started with sound. There's just a myriad of these um, uh, healers and um, modalities for healing coming out today that are um, not drugs and surgery. They are holistic, and they don't mar the body. They don't violate the body. They work with the body. And this morning I heard a seminar about the emotion body code, code with, um, that is just the most wonderful thing I've heard so far of getting to the causes, of getting to the roots of problems that people have, and eventually it will just do away with um, drugs and surgery. And then uh, clear, clear, clear. Uh, Clear Alliance is clear smelling. It's the ability to smell, and only one time have I experienced this. I did smell the smoke of a cigarette of um, of a deceased person who wanted to come and talk with one of the ladies in the class. <laughs> and she said, "Oh yeah," she said he smoked. He smoked like a you know he smoked all the time. <laughs> and then clear cognizance. This is clear knowing. This is the ability to know something without receiving it through normal or psychic senses. It's a knowing, it's just knowing. And I realized after I took Deborah's classes that I have always had this. It's just you just know. You don't know how you know. You just know. And earlier in my life, it was not in manifestation as much as it is now because I've now learned how to work with this ability. I've learned to recognize it. I can re- I can know when it's in operation, and now I can trust it. I can trust that, that oh, you know what? I know about this. So I'm no longer shy <laughs> about saying Things that I might not have said before, and as all of you who listen to my show regularly, you know that I'm not so shy now to say things because I know, you know, and I I don't need to have validation from outside of myself. It could be I'm the first person to say it, but I so trust my knowing now that I just speak right out. <laughs> so my purpose in doing this show today is to begin to take the wraps off of the mystery of the Holy Spirit for you. Because if you're Catholic, you were confirmed when you were six years old. And uh, you received the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, you've probably been taught you have the Holy Spirit. But I doubt if you've been taught much about the differences of administrations and the diversities of operations of the Holy Spirit. So I hope I've opened up a door for you 
to now to begin your own explorations of how or what or who the Holy Spirit is in your life. And let's just end this show with the Holy Spirit, the heartbeat of God. (laughs) 